o'clock at the Best Western Hotel behind Maplewood Mall. If you know of anyone in your family that needs healing, deliverance, God really does do that. Amen? Amen. I would ask that the ushers would come forward. We're going to pray over the offering, and then I'm going to ask our dear sister to begin playing. And then I want you to hear a testimony of what God will do. Thank you, Lord. Would everyone bow their heads, please? Father, you are so good. You are so gracious and you are kind and you're merciful. And we thank you, Father God, for every dime that you allow us to make. Now, Lord, we want to give back to you. And we want your blessings to come, not in our giving, but just in honoring you, Lord. Father, for anyone here who wants to give and doesn't have it to give, we pray that they not feel guilty or ashamed, Lord. If they only have a widow's might, Lord, let them give that. But if they have nothing, let them know that you yet love them. Then God bless this offering. We ask that you would triple the offering this morning. Triple the offering this morning. I pray that before one check or one dollar bill is put in that bucket, that each and every one will pray and say, Lord, what would you have me to give? Father, surprise us by the giving this week. And we'll be sure to give you all the praise and all the glory in Jesus' name. Amen. Where did she go? Oh, you're here. As she's coming, one of the things I want to let you know is that God has allowed me to write a book, Understanding and Breaking Free from Generational Curses. Paul Eddy is reviewing it now, and hopefully it'll be in the bookstore soon. And a part of what this sermon is about is being broken free from curses. But I want you to hear a testimony and a blessing. Oh, you've got a mic. And I want you to understand that when she shares this testimony, it's not about who did the praying, it's what Jesus did. Amen. And they had said that the lining of my uterus was irregular. And so we came to a healing service and got um, Pastor Peggy Riley to pray over us. And uh, she did and prayed babies and and all that sort of thing. And here I am six months pregnant. So (laughs) praise the Lord. Amen. Thank you. What a mighty God we serve. Amen. He can do anything but fail. Anything but fail. He's a mighty, mighty, mighty God. Happy Father's Day. Would all the fathers please stand right where you are? We want to bless you this morning. Hallelujah. 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 Now, we didn't do this last night, but this morning when I was praying, I felt led to do this. I'm going to ask everyone then that's not a father to lift your hand towards these men. And we're going to pray blessings over them. Hallelujah, Lord. Bless your sons now. Father God, in the name of Jesus, will you bless every father here? Will you bless every father in such a miraculous way, Lord? That however he came, he won't leave the same. Father, you've told us, Lord, that in the last days, the hearts of the fathers would be turned back towards the children 
and the hearts of the children back towards their fathers. So God, if there's any father here that hasn't talked to his children in a while, if there's any father here that is missing his babies, Lord, will you take his broken heart and fill it, Lord? Will you mend whatever brokenness there is, Father? Some men are estranged, Lord, for different reasons. And then, Father, there's some men that will see their children today. Will you bless every man in this place? You created him. You knitted him together in his mother's womb. You know exactly what he needs. You knew, God, that he'd be here today. So bless him, Lord, throughout this sanctuary. I pray, Lord, for every father here that doesn't know you as their personal Savior, that at the end of this service, he would come forth and say, yes, I need to know Jesus. For every father here that is a God-fearing man and loves you, take him deeper, Lord. Deeper, Lord. Deeper, Lord. Deeper, Lord. Deeper, Lord. Break every chain and every yoke that binds every father here right now. Break every chain and every yoke that binds every father right now. Break every chain and every yoke, anything that binds these fathers to the way of the world. Hallelujah, Jesus. You can do it, God. (laughs) We know that you can, Lord. For God, you said you came and you sent your son Jesus to set us free and to have life but life more abundantly. We pray for abundant life for every daddy here. Every daddy here. In Jesus' name. And the body of Christ said, amen. Let's give God a hand. You may be seated. God is good, isn't he? And I really don't say that lightly. He really is good. And for the next few moments, I'm going to be sharing with you the word that God has given me for this healing service. Come in, Father. Before I do, I need to share with you a couple of things because I feel this heavy anointing on me. I want to share with you how God may move today. In 1 Corinthians 12, it lists the gifts of the Holy Spirit. And one of those gifts is a word of knowledge. One is the gift of discernment of knowing things, knowing the difference between good and evil. Hallelujah. And um, there's going to be a time of prayer with the healing stations. But this morning, while praying for this service, the Lord gave me a word of knowledge that there's two kind of physical ailments that he wants me to pray over people for. And at the end, I'm going to ask those individuals as I call out to come down front. And what you may see if you are not being prayed for is you may see someone gently go back as they're being prayed for. And they'll rest in the spirit as God is doing the work that he wants them to do. I've asked God to let this service not be the same. That whoever came in today broken and wounded not leave broken and wounded but leave healed. He is the God that healeth thee. Amen. Sometimes I think our expectations of God 
are too small. The Great Commission says that we'd be able to lay hands on the sick and they'd be healed. Hallelujah. I believe it. I believe it. The Word of God says that we'd be able to speak to the dead and they'd be raised. I believe it. I believe it. I believe that this morning, God is going to touch some man or some woman in his or her body. And you will be healed during this service. Jesus spoke a word, and with just a word, they were healed. Amen? He's the same God yesterday, today, and forevermore. So he said, these things greater we would do. Not in terms of the quality of the healing, but the quantity. So I want you to be believing this morning that God is going to show up and show out. That his Shekinah glory is going to come down in this place. That his healing power is going to touch right now in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I believe that Jesus is walking up and down every aisle right now. And he knows what you went through last night. He knows what you've been going through all week long. And I believe that he's going to touch your heart and say, you know what? Just give it to me. Just give it to me. Hallelujah. Thank you. I love music. Let's give God and our pianist a hand. I've got 30 minutes. I think I've probably used seven. Will someone let me know when I've got 10 minutes left to just go like that? All right. If you'll turn with me to the word of God, Exodus, the 20th chapter. You've got an Old Testament scripture and a New Testament scripture. Exodus, the 20th chapter. For I, the Lord your God, am a jealous God, punishing the children for the sins of the fathers to the third and fourth generation of those who hate me. Now that sounds like an awfully strong word and it almost sounds unfair. But one of the things that you and I need to know is that if our fathers did not serve God, then they operated many times out of a, <clears throat> excuse me, a place of sin. And because of the sins of some of our fathers, some of us are laboring under the sins of our fathers. Some of us are suffering the consequences of what our fathers did. And if you would then turn to Mark 14, the 34th chapter. This is Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane crying out to his father. This is just before he was going to make that trip to Calvary and be nailed on the cross. And Jesus is saying, my soul is overwhelmed with sorrow to the point of death. And then it says he fell to the ground and prayed that if possible, the hour might pass from him. Abba, Father. <clears throat> I need for you all to pray for me, amen? For healing starting here. <laughs> Abba, Father, he said, everything is possible for you. Take this cup from me. Yet not what I will, but what you will. 
Your soul may be crying out today and it's time to be healed. Just like Jesus cried out and said, Abba, Father. Basically, in his humanness, he was saying, God, take it. It's too hard right now, Jesus, God. It's too hard to carry this burden. But anything is possible for you. And that's what I want you to know this morning. Today is Father's Day. I cannot wait till most of you dads get home and you open up those pair of socks. You know you're going to get some underwear and a shirt. You may get some cologne to smell good, praise God. And then you'll probably get a power tool. I think the gifts that we give dads sometimes are kind of like, I mean, it's like there's only so many things that you can give him. But I praise God for godly fathers, men who fear God. But one of the things that concerns me is that the fervor around Father's Day is nothing like the fervor around Mother's Day. The largest supply of roses is sold for Mother's Day. The majority of cards that are bought throughout the year, it's Mother's Day. When you see athletes on TV, they're high mom. Actors or actresses, they get an award. They thank God and then they say, hi, mom. Rarely do you hear someone say, hi, dad. And that breaks my heart. Because there are some healthy, God-fearing fathers. But there's not as many as I believe that God would want there to be. So this sermon today is not about the roles and responsibilities that you as a father should play. The sermon today is about for those of you, male and female, that were never healthily fathered. Because you see, your father could only give you what he got. And even when you needed more from your daddy, he could only give you what he got. And if he did not get filled up, if his emotional him didn't get filled up, if the love that he needed, he didn't get from his daddy, and he didn't know Jesus, he wasn't able to give it to you. There's a statistic that is profound to me. 75% of all households with children today are without fathers. And yet the men are around because if they weren't, there wouldn't be babies. Hallelujah. But my heart breaks for men because they need Jesus as much as the women do. They need to be able to come to that place of crying out and saying, Abba, Father, Abba, Father, take this pain from me. But we live in a society that says, be strong. I've heard both mothers and fathers say, boy, quit that crying. And the very thing that that little boy needed to do at that time was to cry. And when you told him, quit that crying, act like a man. You've just spoken to his spirit a curse. As if men don't cry. 
and many don't, but they need to. If Jesus could cry, so must you at times. If Jesus be the humanity of all humanities, if Jesus being the Son of God could cry out in the Garden of Gethsemane, guys, it's all right for you to cry. For many of you have walked through a similar kind of garden where you felt totally alone and totally isolated. And you know what? There are women sitting here in this congregation who never received the love of a father that she needed. And so she's made poor choices in her relationships with men. I was a family therapist at one time for about 14 years. And many times the mother would bring her daughter in and uh, she would be sexually active at 13 and 14 years old, 12 years old, 11 years old. And I'd ask her, the little girl, about a relationship with her daddy. And I'd hear one of two things. Oh, when I was a little girl, me and my daddy used to wrestle and play. And then something happened and we stopped. Or I don't even know who my daddy is. And this is when I could get fathers in. I would say to them, guess what your daughter's doing? Her being sexually active with a boy is not what she intended. When you quit wrestling and playing with her because she started getting too big and you pushed her away, she started bumping up against boys. And she wanted to wrestle and play with boys, but they took it to a whole nother level and it became something sexual. That wasn't what she wanted. And so I say to any daddy here, hold your little girl on your lap. I say to any daddy here, hold your son on your lap. A father can only give his children what he got. And many of you know my story, my testimony. I grew up in an alcoholic family. My father was very wealthy, but his wealth was ill-gained. He was a professional gambler. I have an older brother, and I will never forget one Christmas day. And holidays were never fun for us because Daddy would buy us expensive gifts. But when he'd get angry with us, he'd either tear them up, burn them up, or cut them up. So it was hard for me to learn to receive gifts and not have something attached to it. But I'll never forget one particular Christmas day. My brother came home. He had run away at age 17 to California, and he became an actor. And I'll never forget a Christmas morning, my dad sitting in a chair, and my brother walking up to daddy and getting on his knees and saying, daddy, do you love me? And my father said nothing. And he said, Daddy, would you just tell me one time that you love me? And my father said nothing. As a matter of fact, there was a glaze that came over my father's eyes as if he wasn't even there, and he wasn't. But to watch this 20-year-old man begging his father to just say, I love you, three words. Then I received a phone call a number of months ago. A young man was getting married. And he was broken as he was telling me why he was broken. 
He had called his father and he said, dad, I'm getting married and I want to know how to be a good father. How do I become a good husband? And the response that he got back was, you'll figure it out and hung up on him. You see, his dad couldn't give him what he needed because he never got what he needed. It's not that fathers are bad people, they're hurting people. Many are hurting men. Was talking this past Friday to a young man and, and he was very stern in his behavior. And yet what we were talking about, I knew was painful for him. And I said, tell me what you feel right now. He said, I don't feel anything. And I said, well, if you could let yourself feel, what would you feel? Because it's okay. And he said, the only feeling I ever feel is anger. And I said, have you ever given that to Jesus? And he said, no. He said, but one time I dated a young lady and she said she wanted a strong, sensitive guy. And he started sharing about his childhood one day. And as he was sharing, he began to cry. And she basically called him a sissy. At that moment, she spoke a curse to his spirit. He suppressed every emotion. And it's killing him. Literally, it's killing him. Well, you see, one of the things that we need to understand is that God did not create us to live under a curse, amen? But from the time of Adam and Eve, because of their disobedience, we have been. But the blessing is knowing that Jesus Christ took every curse on the cross. But I want to just take a few minutes to explain what a curse is. It's a statement or a chant spoken against a person to inflict pain or injury and the outcome is great harm or misfortune. Do you remember that old saying, sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never hurt me? That's not true. Things that you speak to someone's spirit can wound them and hurt them. One day, one of my children was really getting on my nerves. And I opened my mouth to begin saying, I can't wait and the Lord shut it. And what I was going to say was, I can't wait until you have your children so you know what this feels like. And that would have been a curse spoken. Why would I want my child to go through the same pain that I went through? And I said, well, God, how do I get her to understand? How do I get him to understand? And this is what the Lord told me to say. Bless your parents so your children will bless you. That's a whole nother way to speak a blessing. My daughter has a daughter. For those of you that have been here before, you know that she's my little prayer partner. Six years old last year, she went with myself and a number of others from Woodland Hills to Haiti. Youngest missionary I've ever known. <laughs> she knows that my ministry is healing. She knows at times I forget to carry my anointing oil so she carries hers in her little purse. My grandson's name, get this, is Zion Israel. Hello. 
What you think he's been cut out for? But my children speak blessings to their children now. And my grandchildren speak blessings to their parents. So I pray that today, anything that has been spoken into your spirit, you're dumb, you're ugly. You're never going to amount to anything. You're never going to be what you were created to be. Another example, you ever seen a little boy that's really, really, really a cutie patootie? And heard someone say, you're too cute to be a little boy, you should have been a little girl. I have ministered to many men who are living homosexual lifestyles because that was spoken into their spirit and that gave the enemy a gateway to come in like a flood and then tell him all kinds of other lies. And so what do you believe happens with a generational curse? What is a generational curse? A generational curse is an uncleansed iniquity that increases from strength from one generation to the next, affecting the family members and all who come into relationship with them. Let me give you an example. My kids would look at that and say, break it down, mama, break it down. There is a spiritual thing called a soul tie. A soul tie is when you've had sexual intercourse with someone and in the spirit realm, you've opened up now your spirit to their spirit and every other person they went to bed with. And that needs to be cut in the name of Jesus. Another example of a soul tie is a mother or father, but it's usually a mother, who is so insecure in herself that she raises her children to be totally emotionally dependent on her. So they live within a few blocks of her. They rarely can have healthy lives themselves. That tie needs to be broken. And so now let's take a look then at the ingredients of a generational curse. How does a generational curse happen? One person practices a certain sin or there's an injustice that's done. If you've been sexually abused, that's an injustice. One person practiced that sin until it became a lifestyle like alcoholism or swearing or low self-esteem. And once that lifestyle was entrenched, the sin became a weakness and it was a weakness towards a certain behavior and then that behavior practiced over and over and over again allows Satan to gain control of your mind, your will, and emotions. You know how you go to a doctor and the doctor says, let's do a medical history. Tell me what kind of problems your mother and father had. Heart disease, diabetes, on and on and on. We need to take the same kind of spiritual history. You can look back in your family, generation after generation after generation, and see the sins that have been there. But I believe today that God wants to deliver you and set you free from generational curses. Amen? God didn't create you and I to live under a curse. He created us to be blessed and be a blessing. And we're going to claim that. So then the question must come, well, what breaks a curse? What breaks a curse is confession of the sin and repentance. 
You don't have to keep walking around being overcome with an emotion, a behavior, pornography, anything. You don't have to keep walking around under that curse. You don't need to keep walking around under the curse from the sins of your father. Confess them. Well, how is your confession going to help? Well, (laughs) if you take a look at the Old and New Testament many times, many times a prophet wept like Jesus wept and asked God to forgive the Israelites of their sins. You can do the same. A lot of times what happens is if your father sinned, you probably are struggling with the same sin. You don't have to live under it. Crying out to your spiritual father. Abba, Father, Abba, Father, take this sin from me. Take this hurt from me. Abba, Father, teach me how to be a godly father. Abba, Father, teach me how to be a godly mother. Abba, Father, you know what I went through as a child. And because of what I went through, I put up a wall to keep the hurt out. But guess what? While you're trying to keep the hurt out, you're making yourself a prisoner. Whenever you put up a wall around your heart, and a wall around your heart is invisible, then you become a prisoner. And today, God wants to set you free. He knows. He knows. He knows, and he cares for you. I'm going to ask everyone to stand. There is a worship song that's going to be played now called The Bomb of Gilead. It's a healing song. And Gilead is a town in the Old Testament where you would go to buy your medicinal herbs and spices. And the balm is a salve that's spread over any wound. God wants to heal wounds today. So I want you to listen to this song and enter into it. And then after that, we'll go into a time of prayer and healing. I'm going to ask the praise and worship team to kind of come a little bit closer. So it won't take as long to get up because I get so excited. Amen. Thank you. The Lord gave me this song in a dream. And when I woke up, I knew that was a healing song. And I knew that God had ordained that because I was going through some spiritual pain of my, of my own. And it was speaking to my soul. And I just wanted to encourage other people who might be going through pain that God is a healer. Earth has no sorrow that heaven cannot heal. There's no situation that you're going through that's so difficult that God cannot fix it. I don't care what your friends say. I don't care what your family says. I don't care what whoever's around you says. There's healing. for your soul and for your spirit so we want you to be encouraged tonight and and not be discouraged
joy comes in the morning. Know that God is now. Don't try to fight the battle yourself, but stand still and look up. God is going to show up. He's standing right by. We want to say that one more time for somebody who may be discouraged. Don't be discouraged. Because joy is on the way. Weeping may endure for a night, but joy comes in the morning. Know that God is now. God is going to show up. God is going to show up. He is standing right by. He is standing by. For those of you who may not know it, there's healing. There's healing for your sorrow. Woo. There's healing for your pain. from the rain.
Yes, it is. That's healed. Somebody sick tonight, but there's healing. Somebody's in sorrow tonight, but there's healing. As the worship team is coming, there's someone here this morning that can't cry out to Abba Father, can't cry out to Jesus because you haven't asked him into your heart yet. And you need to know that he loves you, but that he desires to give you a gift today, and that's himself. And as the worship team begins to quietly play, if you're here this morning and you're ready to ask Jesus to come into your heart and say, yes, Lord, The only way that I can be the man of God or the woman of God that you want me to be is Jesus. I need for you to come live inside of me. And if you're here, I want you to just step out and come down front. Not to be ashamed or embarrassed, but sometimes you have to step out of a current position to change your condition. Hallelujah. If that's you and you're willing to say, Lord, I need you. Don't get hung up on the things that have been sins that you've committed. He already knows. And yet as soon as you ask Jesus to come into your heart, he does that. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Is there anyone? You can feel a little uncomfortable. But it's better to be uncomfortable and right than comfortable and wrong. (laughs) I just want you to come on down if that's you. And I'm going to meet you here. Hallelujah. Anyone. Hallelujah. 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 Yes, Lord. Hallelujah. 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 Now the first one (laughs) breaks the mold. You can come on down now. Come on. Hallelujah. Anyone else? Hallelujah. Word of God says that the angels in heaven rejoice when one sinner gives his or her life to the Lord. Hallelujah. Anyone else? We're just going to wait a few more moments. I don't want to leave this place without offering you Jesus. Jesus loves you. Hallelujah. 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 More, Lord. More, Lord. More, Lord. Hallelujah. More, Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah. Anyone else? Hallelujah. Don't miss this opportunity. He's been tugging at your heart. And you may be saying, but this is what I've been like. Doesn't matter. It's what you're going to be like. Hallelujah. You will get a new name over in glory. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Anyone else? We're just going to wait a few more seconds. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, Jesus. But you say, this is nothing like the background I came from. It's all right. It's still Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Anybody way in the back? If you raise your hand, I'll come get you. Because you know, Jesus came and got me one day. It wasn't that I just went to him. He came and got me. Anyone in the back? Would you turn up the lights for just a minute, guys and gals? Anyone in the back? And I'll come get you. (laughs) Doesn't that make you feel comfortable? 
All right, all right. I want you to lift your hands towards these men and women of God. As a family of God, we're going to bless them in the name of Jesus. Father, right now, we thank you, Lord. We thank you, Father God, for whatever it is that they've been through, Father, they don't have to go through it anymore. Their past is their past, Father God. And now as soon as they ask your son Jesus to come into their heart, you welcome them, Father. So I'm going to ask everyone to repeat after me. Say, Jesus, I need you. Forgive me of my sins. Forgive me, Jesus, for not being the man and woman that you created me to be. I believe, Jesus, that you died on the cross and that you were buried. And on the third day, you arose and that you are now sitting in the right hand of God. And Jesus, come into my heart. Come into my life. Change me. Rearrange me. Mold me. Hold me. Teach me how to walk. Teach me how to talk. I praise your name. And I bless your name. And I now can claim that I'm a child of the King. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Bless you. Hallelujah. Woo! I'm going to ask who's at the table to take our new brothers and sisters. Who? 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 Is someone there? at the table. Okay, I need an usher to come to the table and I'm going to ask you all to move over there and they want to take your name and number. Amen. Amen. Now I want you all to trust me in the Lord. I'm going to ask the healing stations people to go to their stations. When I was praying this morning, the Lord said that there were two kind of healings that he wanted to heal people from today that I was to pray for. At the healing stations, they're going to be praying for you. But if there's anyone here that has a skin disease, I want you to come down front so I can anoint you with oil and pray for you. If there's anyone here with an upper respiratory problem, I want you to come down front. And as a praise and worship team plays, I want you, if you need prayer, if you want to let go, if you want to forgive your dad so that you can be set free, I want you to find the healing stations. Don't leave the same way you came if you're brokenhearted. There'll be two people with um, walkie-talkies that want to make sure you're not standing in long lines. So upper respiratory and skin disease. And then the praise and worship team. I want you to come line up here. Hallelujah.